Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan, and I'm your host for the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Sadie Eisenhower from Sweet Sadie's Custom Cakes. She is known for making Lebanon a little sweeter with her mouth-watering custom creations. Sadie, welcome to episode three of the American Grown Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm so glad you could join me. Uh, this evening. I thought maybe for the podcast, you might bring your trusty sidekick ribeye along. Oh my gosh. I wish you gave me a heads up. He would have been here. He's a great, a great partner in crime. It's my, my little guy. Um, rescued him. That's, that's my pup ribeye. Um, rescued him. He's a, he's a cowboy. He came from Texas. Um, yep. Adopted him about a year or so ago on Valentine's day. I got to bring him home. So he was found as a stray in Texas, and yeah, he's been the best thing that's happened to me. So that's my boy. So what's he What's he probably doing right now at home? Oh, he's sleeping. Is he okay? Or looking out the window, barking at cats. Yeah. Right, you know. Are those his arch enemy cats? They really are. Nice. <laughs> Today we saw ducks on our walk, so that was interesting, you know. Uh, okay. He really wanted some of that, but yeah. otherwise he's a good boy. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. I know Courtney and I had stopped over to pick up... Uh, one of your cakes mm-hmm. for our wedding anniversary and we got to meet ribeye um and i really liked his spotting and his, his coat yep you know um and he was great he was a good boy so let's kind of go back sadie to um you know your, your early childhood mm-hmm. and your your early life growing up so this is middle school high school um what were you into what did you do back then yeah back then um to be honest um i was uh, really big into sports so that was pretty much what I did on um, any of my free time. Um, I was also very family oriented, so big, big family person. Um, But yeah, in school was just kind of school for me, just kind of going through the motions. Um, You know, I can't say I hated school, but never really had a subject I was super into. So sports was really my main focus. Um, I did basketball, softball, field hockey, and, summer leagues, you know, all that fun stuff. And pretty much though was outside all the time. Aside from that summertime, any, you know, free time we had, we were just running around town in Lebanon at the park, Sixth Street Playground, which I'm super excited to to see that they just uh, redid the basketball courts. Nice. So um, yeah, just running around being a kid, um, super fun family time and sports. That was yeah pretty much my life so what was that like being a a three-sport athlete and was there pressure or or support from your family friends parents to to go after sports Uh, how was that um it was a little bit of both the pressure never felt like too overwhelming for me i think just because i just enjoyed it so much and really loved the people i was around um playing with on and off the court i think the pressure i felt more than when it got into high school level and, you know, you had to still keep up with your schoolwork, you know, it comes a little bit more. Um, and then you got to start to think about, okay, what are you going to do after high school? And when sports is the only thing, you know, you're really focused on, right? Okay. Well, is that what I'm going to do? So that's where it got a little weird for me. 
you know, I started to think ahead and realized, okay, maybe I'm not going to be in the WNBA. So what am I going to do? So I did have a lot of support from my family always, just even, you know, still in school, coming to my games, um, cheering me on again, just the support as in making sure I was always fed the, the car rides, you know, the late night pickups and all that. It's a lot. So I'm very grateful for my family um, and friends and my friends' parents, you know, they would make us dinner, you know, switch it up and before games, away games, whatever. So it was a great support system all around. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. It's uh, it's nice when you have that, that support system and that, and that backing. And, you know, to kind of go back to where you just mentioned, you know, you're not going to play in the, the women's NBA. Yeah. So you know. it's like, now what? Correct. Exactly. Now <laughs> well, what? Then the pressure really, I think, becomes a little yeah. bit more heavier than just in middle school ball or ninth right. grade even. You know, I, I went through a similar thing. I went to Kutztown. I was graduated from Cedar Crest High School, did track and field. I was a thrower. For those that know me, I'm not a hurdler or long jump or anything <laughs> like that. I went there for throwing first year. Not a big partier for those that really know me. I'm, I'm really not. Mm -hmm. But uh, the grades weren't there. And I'm like, man, you know, why Why am I doing this? Like, I love track and field, yeah. but what am I going to get out of it? I'm not going to go to the Olympics, let's be honest, you know. And uh, having Color Tech here, which is our family business, a, a great opportunity. I came back back and, and finished uh, my associate's degree in business at Hack because I'm like, why not, you know, and get right back into business. So I, I definitely agree there. Now, out of your three sports that you played, do you yeah. still have friends that you rely on or still hang out with? I think a lot of us did go, well, I guess that's just life. Everyone, you know, mm -hmm. is doing their own thing now. Some of them moved away, but um, I'm definitely still in contact with um, a few really good friends growing up. So I'm grateful for that. I have one that lives pretty close by, a few actually. So yeah, and now again, social media is great. Just keeping, you know, up with everyone, even through a screen is sometimes better than nothing. Yep. But um, yeah, and I have friends, like, old players, old coaches that now um, support my business. And that just means the world to me. So yeah, in that aspect, I definitely am in touch with a, a lot of old players and friends and support yeah. system. Would you say in high school, whether it was, you know, on the court or, mm -hmm. or in school in general, um, any mentors that really stick out? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, oh my gosh, I, I could say something great about probably all of my coaches I've had. Yeah, I really could. I mean, every sport, I had a different coach, obviously. Um, some of them actually crossed over. One, I really got to shout out Jerry Lampkin, who recently passed away, was a basketball coach I've had um, since Biddy Basketball. So, you know, elementary school, he dedicated his life to basketball. And that was definitely my favorite sport out of the three. So I grew up with him as a coach through elementary, middle school, and high school, um, also like traveling team. So he was really like a key component in my life. And I know a lot of Lebanon basketball girls as well. So really grateful for the, the time that he and his family sacrificed for us and was always not only just a great basketball coach for us, he was very um, like personable as far as just little tips and tricks and what not like mentally to be mm -hmm. tough and how to handle life and situations. One thing I 
constantly am saying to myself and other people that um, one little quote of his, because he had many, mm-hmm. was if you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves. Yeah. So that's one thing I always have in the back of my mind. It's a great uh, motto or mantra to have mm-hmm. because uh, it, it's so true. It really is. You're through high school. Yeah. You know, you have your, your close friends. You have some mentors in your life, your parents and everybody supporting you. Yeah. What was life like after high school? How, how was that? Um, Well, I guess... To kind of just backtrack a little, um, because I didn't know what I was going to do after high school. Like I mentioned, it was kind of just sports for me. Um, I realized then, okay, to play sports after high school, I need to go to college. Well, I don't really have any subjects. You know, I really, in school, find myself super interested in keeping my attention. I was not, you know, a classroom desk person. I just couldn't focus. I really liked in all aspects, working with my hands, just kind of outgoing in that, that aspect. So, um, okay, do I just go to a university, waste my money and hate all of these classes just so I can play basketball and not have any idea what I want to do otherwise? Or, okay, I need to dig deeper. So that's again, where my support system, my family really helped me kind of figure out what are some options. So super grateful for CTC, the Lebanon County Korean Technology Center. I think it was probably like 11th grade. I looked into that, came across the baking and pastry program, which caught my eye because, well, again, I like working with my hands. And I knew from as a child, I was addicted to sugar, love cake. Oh, for sure. Sweets are just my thing. Also, my grandmother and great-grandmother um, were big influences for me in the kitchen as far as baking. My great-grandmother was a baker. That's just something I always like. grew up hearing about. And baking simple things with my grandmother was always a nice memory. So I'm like, okay, let's give this a try. So I was able to shadow at um, CTC and the pastry chef, uh, Brian Peffley there. Super awesome guy. Made me feel so welcome. The kitchen was immaculate for being a student, you know, run kitchen and restaurant. I was pretty blown away for, you know, the the course that they offer there and what that could, you know, do for me. So I gave it a try and somehow things just clicked. And that's how pretty much this all started. So yeah, I did that my senior year in high school and realized I'm going to continue. So Okay. No, that, that's, that's a no. That's a great backstory. And that, yeah. You're having luck uh, at CTC. Mm-hmm. You're into baking and you're, you're taking a liking to it. Like you said, it ties back into your family. So after CTC, yep. you're looking for a job locally. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right after high school, um, again, it kind of was just, especially at that time, um, everyone still had that mindset, you got to go to college, you know. That was kind of tricky for me as well, because I was also had this mindset, well, in this field, a lot of times you can, you know, learn on the job, kind of like apprenticeship. Again, I really wasn't into the whole four-year university gig, just kind of not for me. So I ended up attending the restaurant school uh, at Walnut Hill College, which is in Philadelphia, and was planning on just going for a two-year associate's degree in um, restaurant, you know, baking pastry arts, and started there, just came to find out the school was just not a great fit for me, not bashing them in any way, just again, some places just aren't for everyone. It was a really tricky situation because I am not one to quit things. 
um, halfway through or anything like that. Uh, so I really felt like I was going to disappoint a lot of people and myself and thought that it would just be the easy way out. So that was a very tough decision for me, but I did end up transferring and went to attend YTI in Lancaster for their baking and pastry program. This was just a more of like a certificate program, one and a half year type deal. I originally felt like I was kind of taking a step down and, you know, not pushing myself hard enough or, you know, really, again, you just felt like you're kind of just giving up instead of like fighting through, but it wasn't the case. I attended there and it ended up being a super awesome decision. Um, I was able to go to class in the morning to the afternoon and then I wanted to work as well. So I was lucky enough to get in at the Hollywood Casino, um, a part-time pastry cook position. So I'd go to school in the morning and work in the evening. And it was a great opportunity because now I'm like learning in school and on the job. And this was a very high-end, high-production place. So the experience I got there while in school, I felt like, um, you know, I was just getting almost more for my money because, you know, I'm getting the best of both worlds here. Correct. So it was um, a lot, it was a lot of hours, really hard work, but I'm really glad, you know, I stuck it out Yeah. and ended up just staying there to do my externship then at school at the end. I stayed at Hollywood. So I would say, and to kind of go back a little bit, I didn't want to cut you off because you're 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 on a roll and I didn't want to (laughs) cut you off. Um, but to go back to where you said about feeling like you're, you're letting people down, because I feel like that is an important point for a lot of you know younger people, especially yeah. high school, uh, maybe freshman, sophomore year in college. And, uh, you know, you kind of have that feeling. And because I, I think I had a similar one where it's like, OK, I'm at Kutztown, like you said, a four year college mm-hmm. and not to bash any high schools. I think they no. do a phenomenal job, but their uh, counseling departments are you know, really push the four-year degree, and I don't think it's for everyone. So I feel like it's having that support system, but also knowing, like, life is short. You have to do what you love to do. Yes. You know, you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to go to this four-year school and get this degree, whatever it may be. And then sometimes you see a lot of those those kids, once they get out of college, are then working a job they don't like. Yes. You know, and it's like, man, they wasted all that time and, and all that energy and, and put up with that. So it's, yeah, that's a tough situation. I think it it also, um, you know, you have to realize too, you might not only find that out until you do give something a try as right. well. And it's okay if you, you know, get halfway and you realize, okay, this isn't, this isn't my, my jam. Exactly. So, you can change course yeah. anytime, at any time, I think really, um, you know, for sure. So now you're going to school, mm-hmm. but you're also, excuse me, <laughs> I just knocked there's cupcakes on the table and I hit them yeah, with my hand. Yeah, just wanted to eat one a while. I know, I was trying to open them <laughs> up for the listeners that might have heard that, but so you're at Hollywood Casino. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been there, of course, gambling and, mm-hmm. and well, you know, betting on horses and things, but I've never seen like the back end of that. So I imagine it's very um, kind of like a high octane kind of quick pace. Yes, very much so. Um, always, I mean, the, the casino is never closes and there's always some food outlet open uh 24 7 so as far as the bake shop we were responsible for providing all the pastries and bread products pizza soft pretzels things like that um for all of the restaurants so i mean you had your very nice sit down high-end steakhouse to your sports bar pubs and casual dining pizza places and coffee shops so we were we had it was cool the bake shop you know we had a little bit of everything everywhere yeah um but it was a lot to manage and what a great experience overall 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because I remember a couple times, you know, my wife and I or some friends would go up and I get those, I think it was like a, just a large chocolate chip cookie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and these are so good. And yep. now it's like, oh man, Sadie might have had a hand <laughs> in that back then. Yeah. Um, so it was, like you say, it's a very mental, uh, physically demanding job. It's, Absolutely. It's pretty tough. Was it a lot of hours? Oh, yeah. open, like uh, you said, 24-7? Exactly. 24-7. Um, I think our earliest shift used to start at like 5 a.m., we made a lot from scratch, so breakfast pastries um, to the pizza dough and soft pretzels. And as far as physically demanding, I mean, we were throwing like 200 pounds of flour into wow. the pizza mixer once a day. So it was definitely, yeah, it, you had to be in decent shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny to think, you know, most people think, oh, you're a baker. You're just making 24 cupcakes at a time. That's not always the case. Right. But Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to put out that that number because uh, i imagine there's certain maybe a, a quota you had to hit or a quantity yeah um for for hollywood casino so you know that maybe over time got a little numbing a little too much and you were looking for a change it did um yeah. it kind of yeah just mentally physically i was feeling a bit drained i did continue so i was i think i ended up there around three four years um i was lucky enough to further my career there as I started as a pastry cook. I advanced to lead pastry cook and then the assistant pastry chef, which I really did enjoy. I loved kind of being the middleman almost. I would say I always had some leadership skills, uh, even just growing up in my life. It was really cool to flourish in that role in the career now that I was in. So it was great overall. Again, a really good learning experience. I still loved the pastry arts side, you know, of it as well. But it just was becoming a little bit too demanding on my life. I'm realizing, okay, these hours, um, the mental and physical stress that's coming along with this is, I don't know if this is really what I want out of life. I really realized I was missing a lot of family events. I didn't have many friends anymore. I didn't keep up with anyone or anything. And I just started to realize that, um, okay, everyone's out and about, you know, having fun doing their hobbies and going on trips and spending holidays with families. And I lost that. And that's something that is important to me. So again, tough decision. I felt, okay, if I leave, I'm pretty much wasting everything that I've already worked towards um, advancing my career because, again, the pressure of your surroundings and the way society makes you feel like you have to, you know, just do nothing but continue to grow in your your career path and, you know, you want to make it to the top. You want to get that, you know, executive position. For me, that was my mindset back then as well. Chase the money, chase the, the career titles and such. So when I realized I was becoming a little unhappy, I really need to like dig deep and um, find out what I really wanted. So I'm like, okay, um, what do I do? So I ended up, I did leave Hollywood for a short time and went to Elizabethtown College, got a pastry position there. That was a more steady uh, set schedule, like a seven to three, seven to four. Mm and a little less demanding overall. So I did enjoy that. Um, I had like every other weekend off, most holidays off. So it was something that I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. And then lo and behold, I get a call from Hollywood one day again. And um, okay. was offered um, 
the discussion of the executive pastry chef position, which again was something I always thought that was what I wanted to work right, towards. Because right. it's that title and yeah. it's, it probably comes with a, a larger payment, exactly. of course. So you're like, oh, this is this is great. Yeah. It's what I'm looking for, what I've been working for. Yeah. So, but I'm assuming not. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was a 50-50 thing. Like, I, I, I don't want to go back to that lifestyle, but again, that was always the goal. So, you know, I'm not a failure. I can do this, you know. So I did it, and um, I'm grateful I did everything I've gone through. Um, again, made me who I am today. And at the end of the day, it was a great learning experience, not only just in the pastry field, but personally, I learned a lot about myself. I only stuck that out maybe not even a year till I realized this life is not for me. Um, not as much as the passion of baking and pastry, but just the executive role managing a large, I wouldn't say company, but you know, Mm -hmm. um, as far as just the kitchen and everything we were responsible for and the staff while always, you know, like everyone being short staffed and you're in charge and it was just, it all kind of comes down to you. It's like, you're the, you're the final line of defense, Mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad, or if somebody can't make it in, Hey, Sadie, you got to stay longer. You got to help yeah, out or, or fill that definitely. position. So I could see how that could be very stressful. Yeah. And then even just in that role, having to take on more office work and, um, you know, the paperwork side of it was just not my forte. I just didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something that comes easy to me um, as far as like computer work and just I'm such a kitchen hands-on girl. You're creative. You're you're creative, I can tell. You have that creative mindset. So that's where I really seem to flourish. And I was realizing, okay, again, um, learning about myself, this might not be what I want. At this time, well, the past, you know, during that whole um, transition and the past few years, I always dabbled into custom cakes on the side for friends, family, just kind of a little... I would just post pictures on my personal Facebook, you know, and it's slowly, you know, one message after another. Do you, you know, oh, do you do cakes? You make cakes. And I'm like, well, I can, you know, I could try. I don't have all the time in the world because I was working so many hours in my other position. Once again, I came to the realization, um, this executive position is not for me. What am I going to do? I really need something different. I need to put my mental health first. I want to put life first and take advantage of what I want. That's when I realized, okay, I want to work for myself. Even though I I did always have that little mindset, but I also never thought that I would want to just do cakes because Mm -hmm. I did such a variety at Hollywood and enjoyed that. And also my mind is like, I can't have the same thing every day. I'll just, you know, I love something different every day. Just accepting the fact that I would just be making cakes just almost sounded boring to me. I was a little nervous about it, but again, I was so unhappy at this time. I just said, screw it. I'm going to figure it out one way or another. Yeah. So, so this was about when, you know, Uh so, so you're, um, you know, you're kind of realizing, okay, the corporate, this isn't for me. I want to do my own thing, which is a huge leap. It's, it's a big Mm -hmm. step. What time frame was this about when you said, you know what, I'm going to go into business and, and start my own it's probably now like three years ago. This was probably a year before COVID. So wow. that would probably be five, three, yeah. Yep. Time yep. frame, no, right? Yeah, yep. I, so, I mean, I'm not good at math, but yeah. that sounds about right. Um, um, so yeah, yeah. I, I left there and 
didn't have a job. I, you know, and then Scary, again, that's right? not me. I yeah. don't, you know, you don't leave somewhere until you have a job, but I, I did. I, you know, was dedicated on starting this cake business, but that also I knew wasn't just gonna take off overnight. So I dedicated myself to also just pick up a part-time job, trying to figure out, okay, what else do I want? What else do I love in life or something? Because I didn't want to go back to a bakery job. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I already did that. I ended up finding, um, a part-time dog daycare and training center in like position, um, in Elizabethtown. And that just sounded super awesome. Uh, Obviously we talked about ribeye in the beginning. I love dogs that I, you know, usually am around dogs more than people most of the time. So I, yeah, I took this part-time position at a dog daycare and absolutely loved it. I mean, there was like 80 dogs there a day and we're just wow. dog sitters for the day. So it was super cool. It's a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So learned a lot, um, dog training and behavioral things like that. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do something else now too. I'm just going to be a dog walker. So yeah. I, I got online and created this profile to... Um, walk dogs and i'm like oh this is just gonna you know i'll just do a couple walks per day or something maybe oddly enough that like took off also yeah people really really put their dogs first these days so i ended up getting a lot of clients that worked you know at hospitals and such 14 hour days so they'd hire me to stop in in the afternoon and walk their dog for 30 minutes and i ended up at one point having like six walks per day so wow. here I am trying to I work on cakes in the morning, dog go to the dog daycare in the afternoon, do some walks on the way home, and then go back home and and bake. So that gotcha. yeah, yes, yeah, so, so, weird balance. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Two things it seems like you're very passionate about. From the little uh-huh. time I've got to know you, definitely puppy dogs and, and cakes. Oh, yeah. And where do you think that that passion for both mm-hmm. you know really stems from? I don't know. I think just. Growing up, I was always, like we mentioned, I was creative, I was um, outgoing, and the animals was always my thing. Um, I was obsessed with 101 Dalmatians. I had dogs, stuffed animals everywhere. So that was just like a no-brainer. The dogs were always my love. I would dog sit for family and friends. Just always felt good around. I I feel, you know, who doesn't feel good around dogs, right? right? And and here I am, just left the corporate world. I was sick of people, didn't want to be around people anymore. So what the heck, if I can make this work? And the cakes, total sugar addict. And also something I can be creative with. So somehow it just, I just found two of my passions and figured them out to make a living off of. When you got started mm-hmm. in baking, you had mentioned, I think it was your grandmother yeah. and your, your great grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you, you would say you learned baking like 101? Um, yes. More like home, you know, home baked goods. That's okay. kind of where it started. Um apple crisp and German chocolate cake, you know, all those like real good feel good desserts. And then it just really took off once I went to CTC and worked with uh, Brian Peffley, amazing in all the pastry aspects and cakes and shout out Brian Peffley. Yes, he's the man. And and Chef Coral, he's uh, the culinary side there too. Awesome. They run an amazing program and highly recommend it to anyone who has absolutely no idea what they want to do in high school or after, or even if you have like a little bit of, you know, pastry or culinary interest, check it out. Totally worth it. Yeah. So you're wearing your, your custom shirt today for 
Sweet Sadie's Custom Cakes. How did mm-hmm. that uh, name come about? Who helped you create um, it or was it all you? Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, Pretty much my family and I. So this was before I actually started left Hollywood and decided to work for myself when I was just kind of starting to do cakes on the side. I needed a name, you know? So uh, previously, me and my family just spitballing. I was Sweet Sadie's Cakes and Bakes. So, and I remember now, um, the whole Sweet Sadie came about. I remember growing up when I was younger, my grandpa used to say Sadie cake. He used to call me like Sadie cake or Sadie cakes, something like that. So that's kind of where it started with the Sadie and the cakes. And then, yeah, Sweet Sadie, somehow somebody must have said it or it just happened. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's just perfect. So it started as Sweet Sadie's Cakes and Bakes. Then as I progressed, I finally now realize... I was focusing more on cakes and mm-hmm. not so much other like baked goods. Yeah. Um, the name just wasn't fitting as well anymore. So again, back to the drawing board. Um, usually my family and I kind of sit down, just brainstormed and realized, okay, what I'm focusing on is custom cakes. So why not just kind of switch things around a little bit, keep sweet Sadie's. Cause that's like such a, you know, yeah, headliner it there. Is. It grabs you. Yeah. Like it. yeah. And then the custom cakes, boom, you know what I offer in the name. And mm-hmm. I don't really dabble into baked goods anymore. As far as, you know, cookies, brownies, things like that. Um, so this was just more straight to the point. Sweet Sadie's custom cakes. Although I do cupcakes as well, but <laughs> yeah, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. So now uh, you have your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I will watch uh, some of these Food Network oh, channels yeah. and all these different bakers. And if she was here talking right now, she'd name them all out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try because I don't know. But yeah. for yourself, are there any famous bakers or you know decorators that you look up to or um, kind of? I honestly yeah. wouldn't say anybody specific. I never, uh, to be honest, I probably should. I've never really dove too deep into any history or super crazy pastry books or anything because now, of course, this generation is just like scrolling on Instagram, but they have everything. And Mm -hmm. now I follow so many different amazing cake artists. Um, I could not tell you half of their names because, you know, there's just so many. But yeah, that's usually where I'll find myself finding getting creative ideas and um, just inspiration. It's just amazing uh, the different things people create and you can really find it all in one place. Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, even, you know, that was kind of back in the day now it almost feels like. Yeah. um, Yeah, so I wouldn't say I have like any super specific uh, people I look up to. Now it's just so many people are talented and yeah. different styles oh, so sure. it's cool for sure what, what comes to mind it just hit me i think it's uh buddy uh, oh yeah buddy uh, the and, cake boss hoboken or something yes. like that. yeah oh yeah, the i cake did boss. look up to yeah. him before um previously yeah he was super popular kind of when i started um even in like a senior year of high school and after that and people still to this day like, oh, you you could go work for Buddy. I'm like, yeah, Heck sure. No, your Buddy's competitor. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. You don't want to work for him. But his the yeah. mechanical cakes and such, I've never really dabbled into that. Oh, yeah, that's it's true. A little wild. Some of that stuff is crazy that they, yeah. they pull off. And the weight of some of those cakes, how large they are. It's amazing. It's like mind-blowing. Yeah. You know? uh, so let me ask you, do you prefer to bake cupcakes or cake? Which I know uh-huh. you do a lot more cakes, it sounds like. But yet, which do you prefer? Um, I don't know that again 
so question like favorite questions are super hard for me um i like a little bit of everything i like variety i like switching things up yeah i'm not really sure cakes you can definitely get at least in my opinion i can get more creative with and yeah. obviously more surface area to right. to get things on and create with so cakes are fun cupcakes though always a good alternative i even suggest people like why don't we do a smaller cake and cupcakes and you know make a whole little setup with it so i don't know they're both fun okay yeah how about how about this one Mm -hmm. uh is there a certain cake that you've made in the past that you wouldn't do again um anything tricky in particular okay yes actually so as far as decorating realism is not i haven't i wouldn't say that's my my jam. So I had to, I had a client who wanted me to sculpt their dog for the cake. Like, (laughs) and this is like a very amazing looking dog. It's a Mastiff and super hairy, super beautiful, majestic lion-esque looking dog. Uh, This was actually a dog client I had at the dog daycare. Okay. So how am I supposed to say no to this? Right. So I took it on because back then also I never said no to anything, you know, which I am learning. You can like, it's okay okay. to say no. Um, but yeah, so I took it on and I sculpted this dog out of rice crispy treat, some buttercream and fondant. Thank gosh it worked. And the client was super happy. I just felt my nerve because I, you know, I'm a perfectionist. It was my first time doing something like that. And the pressure was just on. And the whole time I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, sweating bullets kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's a big undertaking. If this doesn't look like this dog, it's an issue. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great that it worked out. I'm not sure how I would get back into like sculpting figurines or people or, you know, specific animals or (laughs) people's dogs. So it's hard. That makes sense. It's it's, because, right, you almost have to hit it perfect or. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. It it worked out for Mm -hmm. you in in that case. And and maybe just put down the back burner for now. (laughs) You know, it it could be an option, but let's just put it on the back burner. So, of course, I I connected you on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I saw, because this kind of blew my mind. I was like, what is this all about? You have a nickname, uh, Killer Queen of Cakes. How did that come about? I, I assume it's connected with uh, the Queen song, yes, Killer it is, Queen. For can, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how that happened, I had the opportunity to do a beer and cake collab with Snitz Creek Brewery in Lebanon. In the midst of this, I needed to come up, you know, with my little slogan such you would say um for the label on the beer again back to the drawing board my one friend shout out sam diaz who is also helpful has been helpful with graphic designing and photography videography for me and my business we were listening to queen and killer queen in the midst of him helping me create this graphic design label for the beer it was like wait killer queen of cake craft beer somehow spitballing he ended up creating you'll see it if you're ever on my instagram the killer queen logo we totally just kind of meshed up and added some cakes and cupcakes it just was perfect because i love queen and killer queen of cakes i mean come on yeah so that's how that happened with the the craft beer killer queen of cakes craft beer series line now i'm just you know throwing it out anywhere i can (laughs) yeah that was down at snitch creek brewery just uh, right down the road from uh color tech here so that's that's awesome you know anytime Mm -hmm. so uh shout out to them uh supporting local business is huge and uh 
So now, that's right, that's right. The craft beer. So, yeah, the craft beer. Have you gone to other, or I saw on on Instagram or social media that you were at uh, Rising Sun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, how was that? That was a super cool event. Um, This was the second time now that they have actually hosted it and I was able to attend. It was a local artist night at the Rising Sun, mainly artists, you know, artwork, paintings, drawings, things like that, different sculptures. They set up, you know, bring their artwork and they had a super fun night with music, meet the artists, see their work. And then there's me setting up my little cupcake cake stand. That was cool because again, I'm able to do the cake and beer collab with Snits. We sent um, a keg over to the Rising Sun. So I had that going on. Um, was able to sell cupcakes, do a little cake raffle, and just get involved with the community. So that was awesome. This past event we did there, uh, Trogues was there, and the Badorf, I met the brewer there. So I did kind of, wow. you know, yeah. start... Yeah. Dropping hints, <laughs> you know, like, hey, let's collab, let's <laughs> exactly. work on something. That's awesome. That's such a neat uh, collaboration. Yeah. So would you say that event was successful in like maybe you you sold out that Mm -hmm. night or you got more clients like were people coming up to you saying like hey do you have cards or i want to place orders Um, definitely a little bit of both i did not have many cupcakes left which was great because you know you just never know how much to prepare so very grateful for that and yes i did meet a lot of new clients um i had messages after that i i you know met you at the rising sun interested in a cake cupcakes whatever it may be so yeah, it was super cool to get my name out there, even in just a little bit of a different area because I am right. based in Lebanon. So yeah, it's only 20 minutes away, but I now have clients from Hershey, uh, Palmyra. So it's like the little things go a long way. Yeah, for sure. And, and Hershey, uh, well known for the Hershey Kisses, Hershey yeah. Chocolate. I'm sure it was a big hit. You know, you were a big mm-hmm. hit in that area. <laughs> So now to change it up a little bit, yeah. we kind of mentioned it. Uh, it's been you know well over two years, but how did COVID uh, affect mm-hmm. your business, and how or like what are the issues you're still facing now? Yeah, that was um, like everyone really unsettling, but I ended up I was everything worked out somehow one way or another. I did you know lose some bigger events. Obviously, a lot of weddings you know took the back burner, a lot of weddings, you know, uh, that I had booked had canceled and you didn't know when they were going to rebook. As far as my business though, overall seemed to do okay because I had a lot of parties that although they couldn't throw big birthday parties, the parents seemed to really want to get their child a super exciting cake, extravagant cake, because they felt bad. They couldn't have a birthday party with a bunch of people, you know, and friends over. The orders kept flowing in and I kept hearing, hey, I can't have a party for my child. So we really want to get them a special cake. So thankfully things worked out. Um, I stayed busy and eventually clients I had, you know, for weddings and larger events that were postponed, came back and rebooked and all worked out. I just really had to be um, like everyone kind of savvy as far as marketing and promoting, you know, hey, you might be struggling right now, but cake is going to make oh, you, you know, sure. feel it's a little make, bit better. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, it makes life much yeah. better. So on your social media pages then, as you're, like you mentioned, wedding cakes, mm-hmm. uh, birthday cakes, uh, I think I saw in there some 
like 30th birthday cakes. Yep. And just some awesome designs for the people that are listening out there. Uh, Star Wars. I mean, all yeah. kinds of stuff. I think I saw a Lilo and Stitch one. Yep. I mean, it just blows your mind. It's it's phenomenal. Work of art almost, more so than just just a, just a piece of cake. Just like yeah. people might be like, oh, well, I can get a, a cake anywhere. You know, I can go down to Giant. Mm-hmm. But this is so much more than that for those people out there. So, you know, if you're in the Lebanon area, surrounding areas, definitely recommend checking out Sweet Sadie's Custom Cakes. So now I got to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what motivates you every day to wake up and bake up? Oh, man. <laughs> See how I did that there? <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Now, honestly, it I have just been so happy. Um, happiness in life is something that not a lot of people, I think, find for most of their time. And I'm still so young. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really diving into, you know, my personal self and finding out what makes me happy overall in my personal life and work. So finding that balance and realizing, okay, you are now working for yourself. It's, it's on you, you know, if this is what you like, then you know, remembering how I felt when I had to work for someone else in a corporate job that just comes back. And it's like, it's like PTSD, but not that bad. But, um, (laughs) yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm at home and I get to just walk downstairs to my kitchen, which is, you know, all licensed and set up and the way I need it for business. But I still have that feeling I'm home. I'm working for myself. I have this luxury almost. Why would I not work hard to keep this? It's really just an internal motivation for the freedom almost of working, being able to support myself and work for myself and um, be happy where I'm at. And finding something you either love to do or really like to do um, is is huge in life. So do you see yourself doing any future collaborations with any other Mm -hmm. breweries? Are you working on anything now that you can maybe give some some secrets out that might not be be known yet (laughs) so definitely snitz creek and i are keeping our relationship strong we're gonna keep throwing out beer and cupcakes and different events they'll have coming up but i also am trying to work my way into the bad orf which is another um sorry not the bad orf rotunda Rotunda? Yep, yep rotunda brewing another local brewery here in anvil I would love to kind of get involved with them. And like I mentioned, Trogues, huge, would be awesome. But at the end of the day, I do do think the cake and beer, craft beer collab is something I'm really interested in taking more serious because that's such a unique kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It is. It really is. Um, I mean, I love cake and beer, so I like, yeah, it's something I support. So I'm going to, you know try and make that work other collabs i just fully support small businesses all around so if you have a shop doing whatever it is you do and you want to throw an event or you know whatever it may be i am totally open and excited maybe about setting up a little you know cupcake stand you know yeah support each other all around so i'm open to to many things yeah. Yeah, just in general. No, that's great. And I, I think it's a great idea to, to put that out there for local businesses throughout Lebanon County, maybe even Lancaster, you yeah. know, uh, Hershey, Reading, all those kind of places that uh, if they want to do an event or like an open house, mm-hmm. it'd be great to get some custom cupcakes made, whether it's their logo on it or however you can exactly. incorporate it in. Yep. You know, I think that'd be huge and, and a talking point at that event, both for yourself and for the business. Yeah. You know, the business themselves. 
So how can our listeners uh, connect with you and follow along on your journey? And also, where can they order those delicious cakes? Oh, yes. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. You can search me, Sweet Sadie's Custom Cakes. Um, you can even go on Google. Definitely, that'll give you all the information you need. You can shoot me a message on Facebook, Instagram, email, call, or there is also where you will find on all of those um, sites an actual online order form as well, where you can place an order, kind of give me the rundown of what you're looking for. There's a bunch of questions, super easy, user-friendly, and then you will, through the whole process, work directly with me, which is something I do take pride in and appreciate your patience and support because it really is a one-woman show right now. I am in the kitchen and I am behind the scenes, you know, the whole way. For me, it is, it does, it does get to be a lot, but I take pride in that because I'm really focused on giving the clients, you know, exactly what they want, Mm -hmm. finding out, you know, getting their order to come to life and working directly with them gives me that opportunity, I think, better than anything at all. Yeah, definitely just look me up online and there's plenty of options and different ways to get a hold of me. And your uh, handles for Facebook and Instagram? Um, they're just straight up Sweet Sadie's Custom Cakes. Okay. Yep. Perfect, perfect. Uh, before we close out, is there anything else uh, you'd like the listeners to know? Oh gosh, that's tricky. Not really. <laughs> I'm an open book, you know. If you you just come, you come ask me anything. I I really take pride in showing you guys my true self with the business. I don't put on a front on social media. I don't pretend to be anything I'm not. I'm here. I'm weird and love it and um, yeah. super creative in the kitchen. I like to present myself that way online as well pretty easygoing and really like to work with anyone who needs cake cupcakes I'm and here your, for you. your motto yeah your motto work hard play hard yeah. play harder i should say let's get that right yes. um and uh, i noticed on your social media uh, i think a motorcycle of some sort and again yeah. i'm sorry i don't know no, proper terminology. i know harley and then there's like dirt bike <laughs> and things like that but uh you also are into that it I, seems like a lot yeah so man wow i do i have a harley and i just got a dirt bike as well so i am a little adventurous i like a thrill now that i am focused on making time in life to enjoy you know other things besides just working those are definitely two of my main hobbies yeah, so on the weekends, my free time, I try and set time aside, not focus on work. And that shows you what I'll do. Uh, I snowboard in the winter and ride motorcycle in the summer. So, wow, so a little bit, <laughs> little bit of everything. Yeah. A lot of fun, always adventurous, it sounds like. Exactly. Phenomenal. Well, Sadie Eisenhower on the American Grown Podcast and the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios, thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. If you want to see more American Grown content, Follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Username American Grown Podcast. If you received any value, please share this episode with friends, family, and coworkers. And lastly, subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.